Okay, we're live. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I have a very special guest. His name is Ralph Epperson, somebody who I followed for a long period of time. I wrote, read his book, The New World Order, 20, 25 years ago and before uh, 2001. So for me, it's an influential book, so I'm delighted and honored, really, to have him on the show. I'm going to read a brief bio, and then we're going to talk. Ralph has some slides he's going to show. We're kind of doing an old-school um, he's going to hold the papers up. I'm going to read them. But uh, his Ralph Epperson is a historian, author, and lecturer. He's been researching the conspiratorial view of history, that the view that major events of the past have been planned years in advance by a central conspiracy for 50 years. He has written or produced four best-selling books with titles The Unseen Hand, The New World Order, Masonry Conspiracy Against Christianity, Jesse James, United States Senator, with six booklets and 15 DVDs. He's a graduate of the University of Arizona, but freely admits that what he has learned since graduation has taught him that most of what he learned in college in history and political science, science is simply not true. He proudly states that his research has proven to him that there has been an active conspiracy in the world planning major wars, depressions, and inflations years in advance. Many of those who have read his material and viewed his DVDs state that they are the best in the in the market on this subject. If you want to know how this conspiracy is operated in the world from one of the best researchers into the reality of this conspiracy from one of the best teachers and writers, you will want to obtain some or all of his materials. And his website you can find um, is under his name, Ralph Epperson. His last name is spelled E-P-P-E-R-S-O-N. And you can buy his books. He's selling uh, six items altogether, but he also has additional articles and things like that on his website. I'll put a link to the website in the show notes so you can just click on that. And I'm delighted to have Ralph Ralph Epperson. Thank you so much for your time and welcome to the show. Thank you very much, William, for having me on. Uh, I'll be happy to share some ideas with you. I hope that will be uh, of interest, and I believe it will be. Uh, I I'd like to add some just additional comments about my background like this Good. year. This, gotcha. was a, this was a speech that I delivered in 91 cities in 31 states between 85, 1985 and 1987. And down at the bottom it says I was talking about an introduction to the conspiratorial view of history, The Unseen Hand. I want you right, to which is the title of your book too, right? The title of your yes, book. Exactly. Is That's why I went out because the book was out. And I, I sold the book in 91 cities, did press conferences, did the interview for this 10 o'clock news, et cetera. Right. So yeah. that's uh, Ralph Epperson, quote, I have no staff assisting me and no researchers doing my research. No one is advising me. No one is funding my work. I'm totally responsible for collecting the information that I have gathered for this presentation. Now, I'll go. This is a list of 119 writers, authors on the conspiratorial view of history, 119 books that I've read. Now, I've only listed one man one time. He might have written 10 books, but it's only the number of individuals. That's, I think that's probably, I've read more than anyone else that I know of ever in the world. I get comments from my readers, uh, students when I taught at community college, I would like to express my gratitude for what you're doing. Not everyone has what it takes to stand up
for what is right. You are greatly appreciated. That's the kind of comments I get. And then it says, Conspiracy Writers Hall of Fame. A brief background of 20 top conspiracy writers in modern history. A. Ralph Epperson, 2011. So was that a class you taught? No, no. That's that's a, that's a um, it's like a, it's like a Hall of Fame. It's, it's, okay, a, gotcha. it's a location. I see. In other words, I'm in the Hall of Fame in the conspiracy writers in my field. I see. And then there's the History Channel, one, Secrets of the Dollar Bill, 2,210,000 views. Two is the can you, uh, Secrets of the Founding Fathers. That is 32,000 views. So now I've been on the History Channel twice. Oh, nice. I was the one guy in Tucson, Arizona, that prevented them from putting fluoride in my water, our water. That was probably and, 15 years ago. And you're it's showing a sodium. picture of sodium fluoride as an insecticide, right? Yes, so it's red. Sold as an insecticide, and it's put. Look at it. that down the bottom. There's a skull and bones, which means it's hazardous. This is one of the. I don't. I don't know how to describe this, but I want to show you something. This is a picture. It's a letter from a man. You can see there. He's a, apparently an officer, and he's a member of the Hamam tribe, or Hmong, or wherever you pronounce it. And they've got a group in California, and he lives in Michigan, I think. And he wrote to me and said, I'll briefly summarize. This is the letter that I've written on it, so I have to show it. But he says, I have been looking for 39 years for an explanation of why all of us fought the war in Vietnam. He said, I watched your four-hour DVD called America's Vietnam, America's Betrayal and Treason, and I now know why we fought the war in Vietnam. No one has ever put this together like this. And I can't think, he says, I'm going to make this thing public all over the United States because he said amongst the Hmong people, the Vietnam veterans, you name it. This is a, a newspaper for, uh, I think it's Serbia, one of those countries in Europe, about there's that picture off the unseen end. This was a full ad, a full article in the paper showing that they've published my book. My books are being sold in like eight or 10 different nations all over the globe in their language by publishers in the field. Right, so uh, I was voted California Teacher of the Year 1978 by the California Teacher of the Year in 1975. He told me in person after attending some of my lectures at a high school summer camp that I was the best teacher he has ever seen. I, that, <laughs> if I had worn this hat at that time, it would have bumped off my head. This is just a comment that we were through. Uh, Donald Trump pulled a fast one on the Congress. He gave Rush Limbaugh a Medal of Honor uh, American, I don't know what it's called, the award ceremony us. in the House and the Senate had to speak. And all of these dumb socialists and communists have to had to sit there and watch watch him put the, 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 the emblem around his neck. So now we're ready. We're gotcha. going to start now. I've decided because of the limitations on time, I'm going to just do a, a brief study of 
John Kennedy. Great. Uh, we're going to start with, we're going to get into the shooting of, of uh, Kennedy, but I want to start with the, with the uh, picture of the sun. Okay. Does that picture look mean to anybody? Yeah. Who yeah, that's that? JFK Jr. saluting his father, his dead father. Yes, okay. Where was he? Oh, uh, in D.C.? Was that in Washington, D.C.? Yeah, where right, the there's parade? his family. Right, there's there's Robert. Jackie and Bobby and Teddy and someone else and wives or something. We, were, we grew up with this young man. Right, so there's JFK Jr.? Uh, I don't want, I don't, I, I hate to say it, but this is what you call a hunk. <laughs> yeah, he's a good looking guy, right? I, I'm not a hunk, but he is. He was, he was called the sexiest man in America. Right. Here's a, the picture of him. If, if you don't see that and you're a single girl, using you, your heart's broken. That is a, that is just a handsome young man. He was a very close friend of Donald Trump's. Interesting. No, I don't know, but I believe this picture was taken probably when both of them were single, and they right. Were and that says one. Can you can you put that quote up again? One Kennedy quote that the Democrats never mentioned. It says, "If my dear friend Donald Trump ever had to sacrifice his fabulous lifestyle to become, he would be an unstoppable force for ultimate justice that Democrats and Republicans alike could celebrate." JFK Jr. June 1999. When this man surfaces officially, this nation is going to go gaga because we grew up with this young man and we feel so sorry that his father was shot by a, by a conspiracy. And we're going to get into the introduce that today through him. See, there's a picture of him and Donald Trump together so during the winter time. So you that. think that he's still alive? I'm going to prove it. He's okay. still alive. And I, I think it was 1990 or something. He put out a magazine called right, George. George. Right. Why did he name it George? George Washington. No. Notice what he's done. He's got a, a, a woman there dressed yeah. in clothing that would look like George Washington, but it's a woman. Right. So he's saying it's got nothing to do with George Washington. It's got nothing to do with a woman. There's a reason I named it George. Now let's start the conspiracy that killed his father. This is Daniel Moynihan. He was a senator from New York and he retired. Uh, he, didn't, he wasn't a scandal. He wasn't sick. He just said, I've, I've, I've done enough. So John He's brilliant. Kennedy, yeah, he was a brilliant guy, a super smart guy. Yeah, but he was a liberal and a, a, a pro-social, you name it. Let's just, uh, anyway, anyway, that's not the issue. This is the issue. John Kennedy run for Senate 2000. He decides to run for the Senate. I got this little parade magazine. It's all covered in here. It talks what about had, what if he lived, right? So it it in there it talks about it. But here's the problem. Now we're going to start getting our feet wet. Hillary Clinton to run as Democrat to replace. Uh-oh. Hillary. To replace, promised the seat by the conspiracy that elected her husband. Do you understand? Yes, I think so. She was promised that seat by the conspiracy that made her father, her husband, president of the United States. 
when she found out that Junior was going to run, she got furious. Remove the threat. Yeah. We can't have that because I'll never defeat John Kennedy Jr. And you promised me that seat. So here's what happened. Men in black reminded John Jr. that they had assassinated John Kennedy, Bobby Kennedy, Kennedy, Teddy Kennedy nearly. His private airplane crashed. His pilot died. Kennedy survived. And. Okay. In other words, they said to him, we, you maybe don't know, but we killed your, there were four brothers, Joseph, daddy, Joseph Jr., John, Teddy, and then Bobby. They took three of them out and they missed on Teddy. His private airplane crashed. The pilot was killed, which means a serious accident, and Teddy survived. And he was told, don't ever run for the presidency. They killed three of his uncles and almost the fourth. Now, Joseph Kennedy Jr. rigged in a remote-controlled B-24 1944 during World War II that it exploded Kennedy's B-24. So the oldest brother you think was killed intentionally? Intentionally, yes. Okay, well, in a remote-controlled that. airplane. That's the significant. But he was taken out in 1944. So yeah, he, I mean, the, the cover story or the story they say is that he died in combat against the Germans. Oh, well, the, there's a book out that, that I, I, they put a, a history channel documentary on, on his death. And hmm. that's what started this thing. He, hmm. he volunteered to fly. Okay, let's do it this way. England is like here, this. Right. And here's France. And there's a the channel between the two. And in, in France, the Germans, when they conquered France, put the V-1 rockets that they were launching across the channel into London and blowing up London. So the the government, the army, decides we got to take that side out. How do we do that? Well, we can't strip bomb it because we'll miss it or miss some or get shot down, who knows what. So let's get one airplane, a B-24, strip it, put put an explosive, huge, fill it with explosives, fly it from north, uh, England down to, to London and then across the channel to France. And when it got close to France, he was supposed to bail out, set the, set the, the charge because it was full of things. He flew the airplane and bail out and land in the water and they're going to pick him up. And then the, the ship would be air controlled, a remote controlled down into Le Havre to blow this whole V1 such situation home. Now, the History Channel did a documentary. Let's say you and I are in a helicopter and we're watching uh, over here on the left-hand side. Here comes uh, uh, Junior, Junior in the airplane and he's going to bail out quick and the, the ship, go, the airplane goes across and just before it gets to the coast, you can see the coast, it explodes in the air. But there was a second airplane that was going to remote control it piloted by Elliot Roosevelt, the son of Franklin Roosevelt. And they didn't want the Kennedys to ever get into politics because with four brothers, that's 32 years of Democrats run by Joseph Kennedy Jr., a senior. 
Right. And and Joe Jr. was kind of the chosen one too. He was uh yes, he was he was seemed to be the leader of them all too. Yeah. His father in two, in nineteen thirty eight Joseph Jr., I'm sorry, Sr. raised more money for Franklin in 1932 than any individual. That was the day before these huge packs and the wealthy could give $16 million, but you were limited and so you had to raise. He raised more money for Roosevelt. So he rewarded the family with the, the uh, ambassadorship in London, England. So he took the family to England. And then during the 30, 1938, Senior came back to see Roosevelt. He said, Roosevelt, you might remember, I raised more money for you ever. You gave me ambassadorship. I'm going to run for the presidency in 38. And Roosevelt, no, no, you're not. I'm going to run in 38. No, 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 it's eight years, then goodbye. No, I'm going to, in 1940, forgive me, it was in 38, he went to see him. So he went back to to London and said to Junior, "I'm going to make you president after the war is over." Now, by the way, Joseph Kennedy, the senior, didn't make his money by owning railroads or buildings or uh, ship lines. He made it in with the mafia, Frank Costello, by importing European or primarily French. Uh, English and Scottish liquor into the Depression and then selling it to the mafia and they would distribute it. That's how he made his fortune. Now, you don't do that. Then the conspiracy, you run a railroad, create a railroad and build it up or an oil line or a ship line or whatever it is. So he came in the back door being a millionaire. Right, gotcha. He was always competing with a lot of those guys. He was not part of the... Exactly. Click, so to speak. Yeah. There's a movie out called Executive Action. And in that movie, made right after the, a couple of years after the assassination by the liberals in Hollywood, they tried to explain that it was, they were going to quote a, uh, 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 what's the word, four, four, four presidents, each one eight years at a time, and that Kennedy's money could get him elected. So they said, we can't tolerate that. Now it's time to start talking about John Jr. Right, and that featured Burt Lancaster, right? What's that? The main uh, actor was Burt Lancaster. Yes, thank you very much. Here we go. Put put your seatbelt on. Okay. Okay, hold that a little bit closer to the screen. I can't see it. Little to the left. Hold it back to your, your, your chest. There you go. No, I didn't fly my plane into the ocean. Hold it up. And yes, George Bush killed my father. Oh, my gosh. Let's take it step by step. He crashed his own airplane. He learned to fly it and then learned to remote control it because he was threatened with death by Hillary Clinton's people. So Junior says, it's time for me. I don't want to die like my uncles. So decided to take himself out and live a life probably with his own wealth and just get married wherever it is. So, but the second thing is an incredible statement. Okay, pull it back to your head a little bit closer. It says, yeah, that was you. You, That's the older one. Go to the next one. Where We already did that one. And yes, George, George Bush killed my father. That's the second statement. Yes. How did he know that? 
Now, there's only two possibilities. I believe someone inside the conspiracy that I've been researching for 30 years, I can prove there's a conspiracy that killed John Kennedy. Maybe another day. I'll just leave it at that. But we're going to get into some evidence that George Bush, like he said, killed my father. I believe someone inside the conspiracy that was huge came to Junior and said, Junior, I want you to know he wasn't killed by Oswald. He was murdered by George Herbert Walker Bush, who now we'll talk about him. George Herbert Walker Bush organized this conspiracy to assassinate President John Kennedy. Yes, that's what he just said. Now, wait a minute. That changes this dramatically, doesn't it? Junior knew something he's not supposed to know. Now, Ralph Epperson has contributed to that. These are the groups that he got to shoot and assassinate. Now, he can't. you can't say the whole group, but rogue elements in six different groups. No one in this nation has ever said six except Ralphie Epperson. I haven't heard that before. Individuals in the CIA, the FBI, the Dallas Police Department, the Secret Service, the Mafia, the Masons. No one has put the Masons in there except me. I've read 75 books on the Kennedy assassination. Not one has mentioned, whispered, hinted that the Masons were directly involved. It was a ritual murder of a Catholic president. Now, let's talk about George Herbert Walker Bush. All right, let's do it. So you see a paper there. It's a it's a notification, and it says J. Edgar Hoover on it. Assassination of President John F. Kennedy, November 22nd, 1963. Down at the very bottom in the yellow. It says the substance of the foregoing, foregoing information was really to, to furnish with us George W. Bush at the Central Intelligence Agency and November 23rd by Mrs. Forsyth of this bureau. The day after the assassination, J. Edgar Hoover told us that George Bush, the father, was in the CIA in 1962. Huh? That doesn't make sense. Oh, no, Ralph, come on. We know. Oswald acted alone. Now, here's another letter. Now, let me forgive me. I'll read it. I just want you to see this letter. It's a copy of a copy, so it's smeared. It's marked and okay. stamped everything else. This one says, November 22nd, 1963, the very day of the assassination, FBI Special Agent Graham Kitchell wrote, quote, at 1.45 p.m., George Herbert Walker Bush telephonically furnished the following information. He stated that one James Parrott had been talking about killing the president. Bush stated that he was proceeding to Dallas on the assassination date and would remain, and he mentioned, I, I won't tell you the hotel name, but it's named in here because I don't want to get them involved, but they were, they were it's a major hotel chain, and returned to his residence on the day after the assassination. Wait a minute. 
George Herbert Walker Bush was in the CIA and arranged a conspiracy. That's not what the Warren Commission said, is it? No. No. Get ready, America. We're going to refute the Warren Commission because George Bush was in Dallas on the day of the assassination. He specifically said, I'll be there that day and then I'll leave the next morning. First of all, where so is there's, there's the book depository, depository, and there's a red arrow pointing at somebody standing outside of the book yeah. depository. Now, this is shortly after the assassination. By the way, see the man, see the, the policeman here, this, this one. Yes. See this spot right here? Yes. Lee Harvey Oswald stood there at the time of the first shot. Interesting. He was he was there. Now, right, so he wasn't could, on the sixth floor, right? How could he be in both places? I'm telling he you, that photographic evidence. The picture of him standing there is in the Warren Commission. They knew he did it. They knew he was there on the first, second floor, actually. Because notice there are stairways. You've got to climb up. See the stairways in the middle here? you got to climb up the stairs to get into the building. So there's a place in the corner there you can stand and watch the... And Lee Harvey Oswald was standing there. In other words, the Warren Commission knew he couldn't do it. They intentionally framed an innocent man. Oswald did not shoot Kennedy. He did not shoot Officer Tippett. He was being arrested in the school, in the theater at the same time the shots were being fired to kill Officer Tippett. The police were arresting him. Now that's interesting. After he left, he left the scene, walked out the door, got involved with a taxi cab and a bus and everything else to go there. He stopped at home, put on a different coat, a little heavier coat, grabbed his pistol and walked to the theater, walked through the door without paying for it. So somebody, the, the, the lady called the manager and said that last guy that walked through didn't buy a ticket. So he went in there and saw the guy and called the police, said there's someone, and that's, that's a, a, an offense. I want him arrested. He didn't pay a ticket. 51 policemen showed up at the theater. Not two, not one, not two, not three. 51 policemen. You don't arrest one man with 51 policemen. Yes, you do. If you know he's charged with killing the president. And a witness saw Jack Ruby in the theater, in the theater, the same time Oswald was in the theater. Jack Ruby, Jack Ruby, the man who's going to later shoot him. I'm wow, telling you, cool. this is serious business. These guys don't play play games now. This is, 
Oh, right. There's like a picture of George Herbert Walker Bush at the scene of the crime, and you can kind of tell by that part of his hair. Yeah, no, he also kind of stooped forward a little bit. Over here. Right. There's a, that's a picture of him, you know, today, or what it may be years ago. And here's the picture of him standing. I mean, there's the one. So there's the facial comparison between the, the man in the picture in the in the depository and George Herbert Walker Bush. That's he the was there the day of the session. Now the only reason I believe he went there is to make sure he, to see to, to sense that what he how successful he was. He got away with it. No he didn't. Here's more someone else put it out a little differently, but there's the picture of, uh, of him in the crowd over there, right. way over there in the right hand side. And there's it's kind the, of at the right age. He was about 40 at that time. So yeah, whatever it was. Yeah. Now, let's finish with John Jr. This is Bobby Kennedy's son. Bobby Kennedy Jr. Right. He's all over the news today. He's got a best-selling book. And why? Do you know why? Well, it's about the COVID stuff. I mean, it's yeah, the real Dr. Was... Fauci is the title of it. Yeah. yeah. Now, he was doing a show like like I'm doing with you. And uh, you're the host, and I'm uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr. And underneath us here, they, they run a, 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 a question from someone in the audience. To Bobby Kennedy... If John Kennedy Jr. is alive, please scratch your nose. And Bobby looks like this and then scratches his nose. Hmm. Is that recent? Well, this I would guess within the matter of just two or three years, probably. Oh, interesting. Robert F. Kennedy, Bobby Kennedy's son, podcast. If John Kennedy Jr. is alive, scratch your nose. He scratched his nose. Now, that doesn't mean anything, but this is, now we're going to show you pictures of, of Jr. This is the first time we saw him. So that's him with the beard and the glasses? Yes. Now, why would he do that? Well, he's John oh. Kennedy Jr. He doesn't want it known yet. He's hiding. He's hiding. Are you a are Ralph? Are you a QAnon believer? Well, let's get into that at the end of this thing. Okay, all right. Let's finish this. Because that's what that's one of the central platforms of their outview is that JFK Jr. is gonna is gonna pop out of nowhere, and they actually had a report that he was gonna show up in Dallas at uh, Dealey Plaza, and there was like a thousand people came out to see it, but he didn't show. Supposedly. Well. He has not announced himself, but he's doing it like this. Here's a man who is, well, if he walked out there, but the way he was today, I mean, was then, and, and walked, and the crowd with 40 million thousand people there, they, wait, wait, excuse me, you sure do look like John Kennedy Jr. Oh, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not someone else. That is John Kendrick. Now, let me tell you this. The first time I saw this was live when Trump was speaking. So Trump has got 
you know, behind him, do it this way. He's got a bleacher set up there with probably well, 500, 100 people, 500 people, and they've all got their signs, and they're trying to Trump for president and make him do it, and they're screaming like crazy. He turned around and faced the audience, and you could just barely see this guy. Hmm. And he looked, he was looking, this guy was sitting at eye level. Apparently there's people that there's, he might be on the third or fourth row, but he, because Trump is raised, he was looking, looked like he was looking straight into the eyes of this guy right here. This guy went like this. I'll do it over here. J, F, K, J, I'm doing it backwards, whatever. Right. Are, he was doing it so he could be seen. And Donald yeah. Trump saw that. Well, I presume he saw it. And he turned. He had a little, what I call an SEG. I don't want to fill in the gaps. But he said, uh, I, I, I recognize you. Now, here's the way we know it's him. This is John Kennedy Jr. and his wife. Was her name Bissett or something? Bissett? I don't know. So you think I, that she's still around? Yes. That's her. Right that's there. Interesting. So they're Notice in this picture, they're two rows separated, and she's sitting off to the right. Now, I, I'm going to be, I've been a, a single man for a long time. I like blondes. I love blondes. Uh, I've always dreamed of marrying a blonde. I didn't have a brunette, but I love blondes. And I believe all blonde, all blondes, like especially in the country western singing, I can never tell one from the other. They all look alike. This woman is beautiful, but she's distinctively beautiful. She would stand out in any crowd of any blondes you put her because she's distinctively beautiful. She she's you know you don't see them looking like that, but that's them here messing around. <laughs> and that's them separated. There she is by herself, and there's Junior by himself. Now, let's bring it up to date. Okay. Who's that? Recent photo of John Kennedy Jr. Now, you've got to say, oh, come on, that could be anybody. No, that can't be anybody. That's John Kennedy Jr., 60... Okay, let's go back. During, when the president was assassinated in 1963, I guess, let's just say he was three years old to make it easy. 63 minus three is 60. He was born in 1960. Right, so now 62 he's, now. He's, yeah, he's 40 plus 22, 62 years old today, approximately. Right. 63, 61. Right. He's got a beard. I'm telling you, here is John Kennedy sitting in the White House. John F. Kennedy Jr. White House. That looks photoshopped. Oh, no. But, yeah. I don't think so. Okay. Because that's really... About as close as you get to this picture. That's not Photoshop. That's real. I mean, it's a picture, right? But I'm telling you, know, you the man I'm... is alive. Okay. Let me tell you what, what, what significance he has. 
if Trump, let's take the first premise that Donald Trump's going to take over again soon, could be anywhere from a, a day or two to a month or two, or maybe before the 2022 uh, the elections in November, he's going to take over. He doesn't have a vice president. But if Biden's gone and Kamala Harris is gone and, and Pelosi's gone, they're all arrested, then Trump needs a vice president. He's going to gain a vice president. He's going to come out of the, out yes. of the woodwork. Where yeah. is he right now? I can't tell you. I don't know. Okay. There's a story that he's living on an island someplace. Who knows? But he's obviously he doesn't want you to know where he's living. Because right, he's, so he's totally secret. Right. He's, he's been threatened with death. He's got to hide. Right. This conspiracy right. has to kill him because they know he can run and win if they don't kill him. He's young enough. He can run in, in uh, what, 24. But if, if Donald, Trump, Donald Trump has already promised while he was president to to uh, bring out, release the records that are being buried for 60 or 80, 100 years that we're not supposed to see. He can release them as president and then right. name his, create a committee and name his vice president to investigate those records and we will ultimately learn that six groups were directly involved in the assassination of President Kennedy. Because Junior lives. And here's the final picture. This is probably the most recent of all. You tell me that's not John Kennedy. I mean, I, I I just know that things can be shopped or they can be changed. You know, somebody no, can somebody can be. I don't I don't believe that all pictures when, are. When, when they bring real. him out there and say, "Oh, wait a minute, he was that's a he's a clone or he's wearing a mask." Right. I'm telling you, he's alive and well. His uncle, well, it would be very extraordinary if that happened. It would really change the whole view of history. Listen, do he, you he believe that Hillary Clinton could have had Junior killed? Yeah, of course. Do you remember the list of the people that have been died that were somehow connected to the Clinton family? It was over 200 at one time. Yeah, it's off the charts. Yeah. So in off other words, Clinton could have her. He could go, he could go like this. Right, but what's, what's very strange is a family with that background would allow a son to fly around in a, in a single, you know, prop plane. It's so crazy. They've like all been killed off, it's or attempted to. Well, be he was happy. Just Hard to believe it. What's the, that? The first, the first clue is that he knows that George Herbert Walker Bush killed his father. Now, do we have any more time? Yeah, of course. Okay, hold yeah. on. What would you like to add? Sing a song while I go look for a file. Okay. Well, don't don't sing a song. I'm not. I'm not going to. But I'm going to just go back over your books. So the website is Ralph Epperson. And you can see it, Ralph-Epperson. Let's see if I can pull it up here. I'm going to put that in. Let me let me share the screen. There's also a really good set of videos of him talking about the New World Order on archive.org. So you can go back. I'll put those these links in the show notes 
so that people can see the website and uh, his his discussions. Okay. Okay. We know we got something to talk about, and this okay, is going to be heavy. Okay. I think you and I talked beforehand about the um, about uh, the uh, the funeral of George Herbert Walker Bush, the father. So bunch of well, I don't know if we mentioned it, but I do know that it happened. There was a lot of fanfare, right? A lot of, I think the son gave well, a speech. Was, it was big. It was covered by the major media. Yeah. Now, I want you to, let's talk about, uh, I've got some more sheets that were out of order. So I, I thought I would be able to finish that in the, the hour allowed. Let's go back to night 2018. Okay. I'm going to put you in charge in being on the on the altar of a huge cathedral. Okay. And it was, I think, the National Cathedral in D.C., right? Or whatever it was. I don't Anytime. know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a D.C. National Cathedral. Okay. Now, I, I want to want you to stand in the middle of the altar and face the audience. And you're going to okay. see right directly ahead of you the aisle coming towards you. And then on either side, there's... Uh, appears like this. <laughs> not very good doing this. In other words, there's a, an aisle right. coming down, and you're standing right in front. You can see the back back doors. And then on the right hand side, there's a uh, lectern, podium, wherever it is. Right. And this is elevated by three feet. So anyone standing there when they preach or give a sermon or, or do announcement. In the church when it's packed, that those everybody can see you in that right hand corner. Now, right. before the priest or the minister said word, word one, a man with a camera got up and shot down on the row of eight, one pew in front, leading from his left to the right. Right. That, that that the these were the people directly underneath him, but he could see them. Of course, he can't because he's up in the little elevated three foot. He can look down and make eye contact. And this is what we saw. Right. So they're all there together: the presidents, current Obama, Clinton, Carter. Right. Yeah, Clinton. There's a, there's a, a Trump, Trump, Obama, right? Uh, oh, this is this is Michael, Michael uh, Obama. By the way, uh, uh, when when she's indicted, she's going to be indicted as Michael, uh, uh, Johnson or something's last name. Right. So she's there, and that's Bill Clinton, that's Hillary, and that's uh, uh, this uh, Jimmy Carter. Now. You'll notice they got a program. Everybody's got this piece of paper. So they got it. They lay it in their lap because they're talking or doing something. So they said, what's that all about? And they all, they, they opened up. So they're put them in the right sequence. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I but they this. were passing things about around, right? They were passing. Little, right. So died November 30th, funeral December 6th, 2018. Okay. George Herbert. I see details. Here it is. Here's the best picture. They opened up that. Now, what 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 the, what this program is is two sheets of paper. 
So you got them stretched, taped together, and you fold it, which gives you that page one on the outside, two, three inside, and page four on the outside. So here they are, they're opening them up. Hillary's reading it, and they're, um, this is uh, 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 Biden's look at what, what is this? What is this? Did you get one of these? I don't, I don't get it. I didn't, and so, but this is what I right. want to point to your attention. So there's all these envelopes being passed around. Yes. Inside the envelope was a piece of, like a postcard thickness. And you pulled it out. Hillary pulled it out. And she's looking at it. And she got frightened because of what she read on this postcard inside the envelope. And you claim to know what it said, right? I'm going to show it to you. Okay, good. Let's do it. Now, remember the date, 2018, George Herbert Walker's passed away, having a funeral. So everybody's got one. And here's, here's what it looked like. They know everything. I'm sorry, George H.W. Bush. That's what. What does it say on the top line? Former presidential of the United States of America. Yeah. Former what, president yeah. Of the United. Yeah. What does he mean? They know everything. Period. I'm sorry. Signed. By the way, it's signed. That's that's an evidence. Let me finish the story. They are. The Trump people. Oh, I see. Before George Bush died, the Trump people went to him and said, George, we know what you've been doing since you joined the CIA in 1962. We know that you were directly involved. He probably was in the CIA right after the war, actually, but yeah. Well, whatever it was. Yeah, for a long time. But that's confirmation. This is not probably, that's confirmation. Hoover said he was. That's official. Right. Okay. So we know that. We also know that you were, you knew directly, directly that the CIA was buying heroin from China. Right. During the entire Vietnamese war. They were importing heroin in bundles, able to be about the size, I guess, of a, like this. In airplanes that landed at Utapau Airfield in Burma, where they were loaded with heroin and then flown out to Hawaii, landing it, and then they would transport the same heroin into jets to fly it back to the United States, where they would land in air bases around the various parts of the country. They landed in Evergreen Park, Air Park north of Tucson. We didn't know that until officially later. And then the, the, the mafia gave the money and the money went to, to, to Americans who delivered dollars, dollars to Kun Saw, the man who was converting the poppies from China to heroin and then sending the money that remained on to China. That's where China got the trillions and trillions of dollars in American cash, not a check, not a deposit, cash. 
bundled. It's all drug money? For eight years, they got this money. Billions, trillions of dollars. I've documented this. Now, let me tell you a little story. Uh, trust me. Okay. Bo Greitz uh, uh, was a Vietnam veteran. He spoke around the country, came to Tucson, I'll just make it brief, and I went to the meeting. And I stood in the very back, and way in the back, and I always asked the speaker, tell me what you think about applesauce. And he said, uh, to the speaker in the back, I'm shouting, yeah, I like applesauce. Thank you for, so I get my message. Everybody hears my question, and everybody hears my answer. You sit in the front row, they don't get it. So I said, Bo! Tell us about the heroin. And he did. He learned about it. He met Kunsaw and learned the details. Right. It was all the, was what's the famous book by Alfred McCoy? The Politics of Heroin? Well, I don't know if you remember that book. Ralph Everett's been yeah. putting this out for 10 years. Now, Ralph, we are at about 50 minutes. Uh, I gotta, I gotta run out. Do you have anything you'd like to add before we wrap it up, or how would you like to kind of I'll finish? Just the say talk? this: This is why they fought the war in, in Vietnam to create a drug culture in America. That's what its purpose was. That's why they didn't win it. I'll end with that. And maybe mm -hmm. next time we can get into the truth of the evidence of the Masons being involved with the Secret Service and the FBI and what else in the war. Yeah, I would and like that. That would be good. And your website is ralph-epperson.com, right? So people can see all your stuff there. You have six books. Are you still selling your books out of your website? Yes, I, I sell it. I, they, I'm the publisher. I publisher and print. I don't print it, but I'm the publisher and the author. Right. And we didn't even cover. We covered your recent research, but we didn't cover the Unseen Hand, the New World Order, Masonry Conspiracy Against Christianity. Go to my website, Ralph-Epperson.com. Yeah. You think you put it on the screen for them? And let yeah, them well, I'll put it in the show notes. So when when people come across this, whether it's on a podcast or YouTube or anything, you'll see your name, link, and so they can just click on that and click right through. You're so Ralph Epperson, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you right, very much. Care. All right, stay there. Stay there. Stay there.